0: Welcome to In Season, where we explore the farms, gardens, and wild spaces of the Lower Columbia Pacific region. I am one of your hosts, Teresa Retzloff.
1: And I'm Jessica Schleif. And we are so excited today because we are joined by Anne Amato.
0: In studio. In live. In studio. <laughs> Just live. Just had an icy <laughs> drive over from Nacelle. <laughs> yes,
2: I did. Good morning.
0: Good morning.
2: So, Anne, you're you're based in the Portland area, right? Yes. Definitely in Portland, although my jobs take me outside of the Portland area. Uh, one of the nurseries I work at is Sistus and it's on Savvy Island. Mm-hmm. And the other job is in Canby, Oregon. So it's kind of the opposite direction. Uh-huh. Some weird commuting. You've <laughs> yeah, <got. laughs> I, I have kind of the ideal commute. It's yeah. against the traffic usually, and I can take back roads. So that's great.
0: I just I, I feel like we should just get this in here right at the beginning, because <laughs> right before we went on to air, we found out that you have some really cool connections to this area. I mean, you, not only has your family had a home in the Nacelle area for a long time, but your your family yes. used to own a nightclub in Astoria. <laughs> yes, they did. Um, <laughs> I, I kind of love this. It's <laughs> kind of,
2: kind of, uh, uh, I have a very large extended family. The Amatos arrived in the Portland area in the 1890s from Sicily. Mm-hmm. And they skipped the East Coast and went directly to Portland, Oregon, which is very, very unusual. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there are other West Coast Italians who moved out here because they wanted land and mm-hmm. they wanted it quickly. And they all started farming as soon as they could. But my grandfather's cousins were uh, musicians and they owned a nightclub in Portland. It was on Broadway and it was a pretty well-known place Um A radio station actually broadcast from there. Really? Yeah, and they had some famous acts. Um, They also had the outpost here in Astoria during World War II because of the ships that were being built in Uh the Portland-Vancouver area and the military activity near here. There were soldiers, and they needed entertainment and live music. And it's actually located, if you go to J.P. Plumbing, down yeah, by the uh-huh. water. Across from the wet dog. Yeah, across yeah. from the wet dog. If you go in there, there's photos of it on the wall. And um the owner told has told us over the years people used to bring in mementos because many people met their spouses there. Oh so <laughs> it's actually a really That's neat so cool. To, what a great connection. Yeah, it is. Definitely. And yeah, I had family. was not
1: expecting that no. at all. I was like,
2: I heard Anna
1: Motto on this amazing podcast. Is this is, can <laughs> she come here? And she's the seedstress.
2: And then you come. Oh, and there's I, yeah. totally local history. I am an old Oregonian. Um, on my father's side, he had uh, Oregon trail routes um, that go back to 1850 and then the Sicilian side. So, Uh as I told you guys earlier, Uh I refer to myself constantly as a spaghetti westerner, (laughs) uh, which describes me perfectly if you know who I Mm -hmm. am and the activities I participate in. Yeah. So, did if you're if was your family one that came out here to farm? Yeah. uh, My father's great grandparents, my great grandparents were in Portland and they were really Mm -hmm. greengrocers. And in the town that they came from in Sicily, I've actually visited. And a lot of uh, the folks all live together in the city, and then they farm actually outside of the city. It's mm-hmm. a different um, model than the one we use, mm-hmm. where you're out in the country by yourself on your land. But um, Italians are a little more social. That's like a great idea. It I is, I actually. Think it's a great <laughs> idea. And, <laughs> yeah. and it was an easier way to protect your land if people were invading. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful setup to see the plots that are still there. Mm-hmm. It's amazing that they're still there and they're still being used. And you'd see cars going back and forth um, harvesting food and taking it immediately into palermo i mean it's all it just day makes so much sense it, t- it made total sense to me yeah, yeah. so it, did they try to do a similar setup here or were you were they, here? actually in portland there was it's hard to imagine now because the city's changed so much but my family lived in southeast portland um in the division area by saint phillips they're right across the street and that southeast area, um, a lot of them had just normal kind of city plots, but they would grow food there and farm them, and then they would sell them. But eventually, there were larger farms that they could buy from, and there mm-hmm. were truck farmers. Yeah, yeah. And I grew up in Milwaukee because my grandmother and my grandfather moved out there from the city so that my grandfather, who was a produce man at a place called Kino's, um, so that he could have his own little farm. Nice. <laughs> so they had a, a house with an acre, and then beside it was an acre that he farmed and grew his own food. He really, really liked to grow food, and yeah. so did his father. Skipped my dad. My yeah. dad has a recessive gene that I inherited. <laughs> um, my dad inherited a fishing gene that is uh, also pretty strong with my brothers.
0: Yeah. So is that where you learned gardening or plant yeah. From your family or did you come I, I by it him. in a different way?
2: When I had breakfast with my dad this morning, I said this will come up. It always does. Um, I grew up on a creek in Milwaukee and so we always had water behind the house and we had plants. And I actually watched as my mom ripped out the blackberries and we had bonfires and mm-hmm. you know, I kind of watched this process of taking back the land. Um, there were some native plants there. Uh, outside of my bedroom window, we had a dogwood tree, one of the natives, oh. and it died during an ice storm in the seventies. Oh. And I've written about this, but that was the most traumatic memory of my early childhood—was losing, losing this a tree, plant, losing a plant outside of my window. Yeah. Oh. Um, but it was always kind of—I we'd go on rivers. I mean, my father every vacation we went to a river. We mm-hmm. always were on rivers and fishing. And any time my dad had the kids, we went to a river and to look at the river. And while they looked at the river, because I didn't really understand exactly what they were looking for (laughs) most of the time, um, I'd just wander around Mm -hmm. on the bank. And I slowly just started learning about plants um, and what was invasive and what wasn't and what had changed and what man had done. Mm -hmm. And originally, a long time ago, I thought I would go into biology and um, stream ecology and fisheries management. But I ended up not doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so how'd the path diverge? How did you find <laughs> so your funny. path into the... Into it's funny the... to be here because at 18, um, I wrote a book about logging history that my father published and it helped to pay for my year at Lewis and Clark College. And at that time, I was studying biology and English literature. And I thought for sure I was going to be a nature writer. But part of it was... Well, I have to go do something to Mm -hmm. write about it. Uh (laughs) And um, I I was very adventurous and I'd climbed mountains and had backpacked a lot. But then I started getting ill and that's really what changed my path um, and took me on a really, really wide detour in life. Um, But I always kept coming back to the same thing, kind of like a dog with a bone. Um, and it took kind of twenty years to get back seriously into plants and kind of where I thought I would be. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny though, because twenty years ago, someone had a show here and wanted to interview me about the logging book, and I never followed through on that. So it's actually really <laughs> exciting. I'm finally following. K M U N comes in. Yeah, yeah. welcome. Like, finally, finally, to I'm candy here. Radio. It took yeah. me a while, but we could talk about logging too. It's okay. I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen a lot of clear cuts in my visit again, but yeah. Yeah. I, actually the clear cut thing is interesting because my mom is from Aberdeen and uh, both my grandfather and step-grandfather on her side were loggers. Um, the interesting thing, though, is when we first got the property across the river in the woods, that was around the time that Robert Michael Pyle wrote his book, *Wintergreen*. Yes. Oh, and that, that book yeah. has meant so much to me yeah. about... Um, the relationships and negotiating the community around an area where you're basically har- harvesting wood. Yeah. I'm just mm-hmm. going to say that nicely. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and in the next year or two, I will be uh, working. I have a botanist friend in the state of Washington. Mm-hmm. He's kind of a boy wonder. Mm-hmm. He's getting his PhD and he knows all the native plants in that area. He knows the whole state. Yeah. Um, so I'll be following through. And it's kind of like Bob's book. Yeah. I mean, just wandering around and trying to find things and seeing how the environment changes and what happens.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those, I love that kind of nature writing. It's so profound and it can have such a strong impact on you. I know when um, his book uh, Skytime in Gray's River, right? And I read that, and it was, and my husband and I both read it. It was so pr- profound, and we still do a thing he, that he talked about doing on New Year's Day, where you walk the bounds of your property and, and see how it's changed and market. And that's been such a beautiful gift for me to see,
2: to do that. I just and got chills because I love yeah. that book. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. So,
0: Well, thank you for nature writing. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I, appreciate I keep telling it. I yeah.
2: Bob I wanted to get back to it, but mm-hmm. I haven't seen him because I haven't really written anything yet. But yeah. I'm, I'm working on it's, it. There's plenty of time. <laughs>
0: I know. But in the meantime, you propagate plants. I do.
2: I so... propagate, even though I was just on Facebook saying I'm terrible with cuttings. That's not totally true. <laughs> <laughs> it's just... I'm going to raise my hand and, like, terrible with cuttings, too. I, I, I mean, I have
0: enough that work, but sometimes yeah. it's really challenging. It is, yeah.
2: but I have to say having benches – Work mm-hmm. is really the key. It's mm-hmm. it's if you're propagating so many plants, and I have to say, I do propagate so many things between the two nurseries, mm-hmm. and then the things I do at home just for fun. Yeah, because um, I, I also do house plants, which is funny to admit. But I am the current president of the Mount Hood chapter of the Gesneriad Society. So it's a tropical plant thing. So I grow gesneriads. Very gesneriads. What are gesneriads? Berry- g- g- <laughs> I hate saying they are relatives of African violets because some people are like, oh, no, African violets. But they are. And mm-hmm. there's like streptococcus, strep, streps. I didn't even say that right. Um, calarias. A lot of them are tropical plants with cool leaves. Personally, mm-hmm. let's see. I don't I guess I'm into petrocosmia right now. It's kind of a hot plant. If you go on Instagram, you'll see a million pictures of them. Um some of them are from the Amazon spheres because that's where people have been seeing them. But they're sort of little flat rosettes with really pretty leaves. But this is kind of a houseplant climate here. I yeah. mean, you it, can grow things outside. It <sighs> is. Yeah.
0: You, Jess is really good with houseplants. She has beautiful houseplants. I am a houseplant killer. I I, am, so I have come
1: back to them though. I took a really long break and yeah. just focused on outdoor gardening. And just in the last like maybe four years. Yep. You start with one thing and then
2: suddenly it, I'm looking in my living room and I have a little mini jungle happening. I have so many. It's I, it's embarrassing. It's one of the reasons I haven't been leaving my house as often <laughs> to come down here. So I on this trip, yeah, I've decided... Yeah, who do you trust to take care of yeah. your plants? Right. I had to water everything before I left, but it's awful to have backup friends that have to take care of my plants. Um, oh, see, I think people probably actually enjoy it. Yeah, but then I, what I, if they...
0: What if they kill your plants? Oh, I'm
2: fine with that. Yeah, you I have, just tell them ahead of time. That's have all right. I like, <laughs> thousands, it feels like. And that's, that's part of being the propagator, is yeah. that no matter what, there's always something waiting in the wings. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to sound disrespectful. It's not like I intend to kill anything, but it <laughs> happens. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, I, yeah. Major plant killer. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yep. Well, well you
0: do. I think when you grow plants you have for to living, that. You yeah. just, a lot of them are going to die. It's the cycle of life. Right. Well, and just whether you're a gardener, farmer, you're going to kill a lot of plants. Right. Yeah. And I think when you, like, accepting that as, like, an, a normal thing really helps you get over... Or
1: possibly thinking about that they're just
0: dying. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I hate Does that. they have a life cycle. They can be duds, but sometimes well, they're duds. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I hate I mean, saying sometimes, that. Yeah. Well, and sometimes it's learning, oh, that was not the right place for that right. plant. Right. And right. I always feel bad, like they can die a pretty tragic death. And I felt like that sometimes because I, I sell plant starts as well. And we okay. used to do a bunch of farmer's markets. And there were times when I would watch a little tomato plant going off with someone and be like, oh, buddy, I know it's not going to end well for you. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> you know that feeling, know. too. You just kind of know. But it's but that's also a learning experience for that person. Yeah.
2: No, at you know. Sistus, we definitely have mm-hmm. that. Since, I mean, both of the nurseries that I work for are both mail order nurseries. And, um, cystis has so many rare and unusual and strange things, and I know so many people try try them, mm-hmm. and they don't make it yeah. yeah, I mean but it's fun I mean, I yeah. personally it's you have to understand the type of nursery that one is in under in order to understand how much fun it can be to try stuff,
0: yeah. Do you enjoy propagating weird plants for them? I do.
2: And I've actually propagated, I mean, I I do mostly seeds for Sean. Um, He and his partner, Preston, go out and collect a lot of stuff in the wild. Um, I've collected with them. It's a lot of fun, actually, to see the process and to participate in that. And with selections of plants that they've been observing, I mean, Sean, some of them, the plants, it's like he's on a first name basis with them. Oh, wow. Because he's been, you know, (laughs) visiting them for a couple decades. Um, the plant out in the wild. Yeah, oh yeah. He,
1: he, it's he has so like plant reef. finding trips in Oregon, other places?
2: I would say we do it always. That's part of the weird part of being a propagator and a seed person. As in always like
1: wherever you go? <sighs> yeah,
2: wherever I go. Yeah. It's 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 on the brain. And we joke about parking lot plants. So, mm-hmm. for instance, you know, let's say there's a crop of trees that we have growing right now. I won't say exactly what they are, but they're beautiful trees, and I collected the acorns on the sidewalks of Sacramento, California, with friends. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Cool. So Acorns kind of gives it away, but yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that's you it's no. As long as you're not taking from. all the acorns at that, that no, tree's dropping, they would have just been thrown away. Mm-hmm. So the point that's just great is the fact that this happens around us all the time, and for us, doing the seed thing is about genetic diversity. And, mm-hmm. and I have friends mm-hmm. who own um, nurseries that do tissue culture, and tissue culture is great, but we need to also keep as many plants as we can genetically diverse.
0: Mm-hmm. Talk
1: about the tissue culture a little what bit. What about it? Well, like how people are doing it. And I'm and... just going
0: to raise my hand here, and as the person who always asks the questions, of like, yeah. explain what that means and it's how it's different from starting a plant from seed. Yeah.
2: Well, first off, you sort mm-hmm. of need a lab. Because so, you're kind of cloning the plants. You're basically cloning. Yeah. yeah. And it's taking, the, the thing that's amazing is that you can just take, you know, a tiny, tiny piece and make many plants yeah. out of that little yeah. tiny piece of tissue.
0: But it's genetically the it's, same. Yeah, it's
2: genetically the same. So and you... so over time, I personally think some of them can become kind of duds. Mm -hmm. But some of them don't. I mean, some do really well. So to me, as a scientifically minded person that might be also artistically inclined Mm a little bit, I just find it interesting to just watch that process and to watch the plants that do better.
0: Is that different than, um, say, like grafting apple trees because I, I, I know like apples, know, apples don't come true from seeds right. so, yeah
1: because i was right. thinking about that well, like
2: the grafting thing often is about the rootstock okay. and you want the rootstock to be the right rootstock for the soil you're planting and i know a little bit about this because um, in a former life before i was married to my current husband i was married to someone who was a wine grower <laughs> so i learned yeah. a lot about rootstock yeah and especially with grapes it's very very complicated in terms of the soils between California and Oregon and Washington, um, the rootstock actually is really interesting with grapes. Interesting. And how it affects. you could have the
0: same yeah. um, grape, but it grape would act variety. very differently on different rootstocks. Yep. Wow.
2: Yeah, cool. it's actually really interesting. So a
0: lot more diverse than, than yeah. And apples culture. were like that. I, yeah. Mean, yeah, I don't think people think that's...
2: about it as often anymore. But apples used to be a lot more specific mm-hmm. and technical. And I think grapes—it's where the money is. Yeah. The, the cash crops.
0: Yeah. So you don't do tissue culture? No,
2: no. It's- Actually, one of the things that we, I have a friend who's a, I was going to say comrade, but he's my colleague. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's a comrade <laughs> at times, but he's another propagator. We mm-hmm. kind of all hang out together because we have these conversations about things. But we have discussed, I mean, it would be nice if I could have some tissue culture experience and I plan to, but I just haven't done it yet. Yeah. Kind of do a lot of stuff.
0: <laughs> What's the? I starting things from seed is kind of exciting. Yeah,
2: that's I, I
1: want. I that's wanna... my
0: jam. Yeah, I and, also and... love the ones that are really hard to start. Like yeah. there's ones I was reading about. Um... Wanting to start, a uh, oh, is it Ramnea, the, the fried yeah, egg poppy? Not, yep, and, like, you're supposed to light it on fire. There was something about, like, putting the seeds out and then covering them with something and then yeah. setting it on fire. And, paper, and I was kind of like, oh, I sort of
2: want to do that. But then that seems weird, too. I feel bad giving you the secret, but there is a secret to doing it that's super funny. Yeah. You can actually just buy a bottle of liquid smoke. And really? it works. No. Who knew yeah. the liquid smoke is actually smoke? <laughs> really? Yeah. And so it's the
0: smoke that the seed. It's needs. the
2: smoke. And it's the chemicals wow. in the smoke. So I actually use, we also use smoke discs.
1: There's a reason why Sean Hogan coined the term seedstress. Yes, yes. Oh, he. you got to know these things. When I first was reading your bio months ago, I was like, and she's a seamstress? (laughs) And I was like, oh, wait, seedstress, which I think is a beautiful term.
2: It makes sense. And and Sean's thing, too, has always been um, to involve women in Mm -hmm. horticulture whenever possible and as much as possible to make it sort of you know, equal play for everybody. Yeah. Um, and we were laughing because I was like, well, I think guys should be called seedstresses. Why not? Cause uh-huh. I get very tired of plantsmen. Oh, nurserymen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nursery people, you know, nursery yeah. woman, plants woman. But it's like seedstress is kind of nice because uh, it is kind of, you know, a motherly thing to be nurturing those little babies. It also, I
1: I feel like that artistic bend comes out in that world. It does.
0: It's a lot of creativity in starting seeds. I mean, part of it's like understanding the seed, what does it need?
2: It is. The challenge
0: of getting it to pop.
2: Well, and to me, it reminds me a lot of cooking alchemy yeah Mm -hmm. it's it's understanding your product Mm -hmm. and understanding where it came from and what its needs are and you know it's it's knowing your food too i mean that's kind of what it feels like to me because i'm like i do the same thing every day between cooking Mm because i actually have to cook most of my food because i have really severe allergies Mm -hmm. um but it's interesting because i try to get the most out of anything i cook the most flavor Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it's funny because it is just like the seeds. It really is. The only difference, I guess, they both... Cleaning seeds, I have to admit, I'm getting a little bit tired of cleaning seeds because it takes a lot of time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> to clean yeah. the from, from their, the plant yeah. material we yeah. collect Yeah, after they've been harvested.
2: And... Yeah, we don't just buy stuff. No. Yeah. We're I just... grow stuff. I mean, I collect stuff at people's houses. People, you know, bring us stuff.
0: That's mm-hmm. actually
2: one of the funnier things is because Sean is very social and knows so many people. We just have random stuff sent. It seems random to me, but he had the conversation with somebody at some point. Who took the time who to then. A year later or two <laughs> sends him the seeds because, you know, you can't yeah. just collect seeds whenever you want. And then I get them. And I'm kind of like, okay, I wonder what the conversation was around this. this <laughs> Do you get packet. it as plant
0: material or is it usually cleaned when it comes to you it, or are you're having to it clean it? It depends upon yeah. the person. Oh, okay.
2: Because there are some that I've I received and they're perfectly packaged. And I actually joked to myself, like, I don't even know who this person is, but I like this person. Yeah. They packaged it with care and thought and now I don't have to deal with it. Uh-huh. There's not, like, seeds and twigs yeah. and this
1: and that. <laughs> and the or like, seeds. Or mold. Oh, and, you know, oh like really?
2: People, yeah, some stuff needs to be cleaned, but people will just shove things in bags. and right. Not realize. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's it's a fun process. And it's really exciting when it is a rare plant. Mm-hmm. Some of the plants we've, I've germinated there for Sean, have been endangered plants. And that's kind of exciting when people give him things. And then we, we're trying to keep them going. Mm-hmm. So... Feeling like that, that, you're helping with that yeah. diversification well, and diversity. Yeah, and it's also, it helps the people who come to the nursery who want to participate in that. Because as I've noticed on Instagram more and more with houseplants, mm-hmm. you know, the younger generation is really into conservation and saving plants. And yeah. this is part of that process. So it's kind of nice we have, you know, young folk coming up who love plants. They definitely need land to garden, though, because most of them are indoors and mm-hmm. in condos. But they do care about this stuff, too. Yeah. So I'm curious to see how that's going to change in the years to come. What
1: do you think the resurgence is with the house plants? Like, what is it that
2: is just <sighs> it- <laughs> making this explosion happen? It is a strange change. I mean, I feel bad because Gen X... You know, folks are always like, "Well, what about Gen X? What did Gen X do?" Like, we did oh, awesome. No, I think we. <laughs> no, we did. We, we it focused, was good. Yeah. I think, on a lot on of food. Yeah, a lot on food yeah. and beverages. Yeah. and I, I don't think that's a bad thing at all. No. I think that was great. But as I joke, it's like we're the tired generation. Yeah, we're between <laughs> these two other man. generations that are just like yeah. we just want to relax.
0: <laughs> but I do see a lot of people my age, because I'm, you know, like in that world and um i definitely know a lot of other farmers in my age group and i think it's weird because you just you don't ha- like there was the older farmers than us and yeah. then the younger farmers than us and we're in that weird group of like you know you don't really fit in anywhere but you're right. just kind of just plugging along doing the work doing it but doing it a little more quietly
2: we were right quietly that's exactly <laughs> more li- quietly <laughs> i know it's like we're just happy doing what we're doing yep absolutely. with our headphones on uh-huh. and, uh, drinking beer or whatever yeah don't but talk to me. I, yeah, I, I exactly. <laughs> I definitely feel like we yeah. were the ones who ripped up our yards and put edibles in, mm-hmm. and went pretty, um pretty crazy about it. And yeah, some, yeah, maybe militant at well, times. Well, felt revolutionary. <laughs> exactly. At a time it yeah. did. It's. it's and a good I feel thing. like it is
0: very exciting to see that interest, and I see that in the farming world with people wanting to um, grow heirloom varieties of right. different plants. And there's some really cool. Um, seed like variety saving but also new variety breeding that's going on like the culinary breeding network and the work that they're doing it's so exciting and cool so I mean I don't I don't I love growing heirloom varieties but I also am super excited when someone's bred a new variety that also has characteristics that are appropriate for this climate it's very exciting to I see I get very that excited about on. that.
2: Yeah. You know, and to
0: feel like you're participating in growing out the variety and trialing it and testing it in different areas. It's...
2: You're going to laugh. So, I'm not yeah. great with edibles. I mm-hmm. do have a community garden plot. My husband John, mm-hmm. um, he helps with that. He's still learning to garden. His mother just passed away. She's a 90 92-year-old Italian. And so he misses his tomatoes and so I'm getting yeah. him, you know, on the routine. But one of the funny things that I do is I like to buy a lot of the heirloom Italian vegetables, and uh-huh. one of the things I'm super excited about this year, and I just bought some, but I bought the seeds too, is like Barbie Pink Radicchio. Oh, I don't know if you guys have seen it. I have seen that, <laughs> but it's it's pretty um, pink. It's very pink. It's really pink. It's and compar- hot and compared. It's yeah, compared to the other radicchios I've read up about it, it looks mm-hmm. like it should be slightly easier. Because yeah. a lot of those come from the Veneto area of Italy. And that's where my husband's, my mother-in-law was from. And that climate mm-hmm. is actually kind of similar to here. Yeah. So. Radio is, is
0: very hot right now. Yeah. As a, as a plant, it is. I mean, it's, it's kind of like in farming world, it's like the equivalent of house plants. Radishes. That it's makes like ridiculous. Really it's all about the chicories. It's, and I'm it's like, ridiculous. Oh. I mean, ridicchio. I'm kind of into them. I'm kind of into them, but also kind of like, I mean, but they're beautiful. And I think that's what I love to grow them. Even I just want to grow them and then look at them. Yeah.
1: It's like the radishes. That's so many of the radishes. Okay. I'm just like, oh, so I don't usually want to eat you, but I just want
0: to grow you because right. you're beautiful.
2: Right. And so it's fine. I'll teach you something my dad taught me, and I always thought this was funny in sicily it's competitive i mean and and it's probably other parts of italy but i know in the south of italy it's very fruit vendors fruit and veggie vendors are very competitive about their displays so apparently what my grandfather would do at kinos and i i still do this because my dad taught me but when you see a display that's incredible he would say a triumph it's a triumph <laughs> oh, I <laughs> and, love that. And it's super funny because we went to the farmers market in Palermo and we were there and it was amazing to see the displays and it's like such a simple it's like this is the artist in me. You yeah. have one or two things that you're dealing with and how do you make that look pretty in a pile? To yeah. appeal to the yeah. people walking past. Of oh, the So it's a triumph. Food. A it's beautiful triumph. Visual display. <laughs> So I just think that's so funny oh. that he would say that. And it might even be a mis- like translation of it. But my dad will be like, oh, like we'll go to a farmer's market and we'll do seafood. <clears throat> oh, that looks great. Oh, look at that. It's a triumph. Look at those asparagus. Right, they're, right. They're
1: upright like trees. Beautiful. What a display. <laughs>
2: and people just look at me like,
1: okay.
0: I'm I looking many... forward to farmer's market season <laughs> I year. have
1: many yeah. feelings like that about I plates going. of food. I love going.
2: Well, <laughs> and so cauliflower good. is the other one that we're really into. And I'll never forget, my husband, being Northern Italian, saw a Sicilian woman at a cafe eating just a steamed thing of cauliflower on a mm-hmm. white plate. And she's this beautiful Sicilian in a black dress on her lunch hour, and she's just staring at this beautiful head of cauliflower. And my husband just looked at me. He's like, "You're not kidding. That's look at that lady. I mean, she could have cannoli. <laughs> and look at that. <laughs> it was so funny. It's like, oh, that yeah, but a good cauliflower is so good."
0: good cauliflower is. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Really good. Exactly. Really good. Oh and we God.
2: stayed actually at a um, agriturismo there and it was across from an artichoke farm and they'd been harvesting. Oh. Uh, uh, a good
0: artichoke is also a really good thing.
2: That smell good. of that kind of that grassy, mm-hmm. I don't know, grassy artichoke smell was fantastic. I know. I'll never forget that.
0: That sounds so cool.
2: Sitting down to some artichokes. Yeah. I just
0: feel like, I just want to say right here and that you're just going to have to come back. Yeah. Um, oh, I was because, just like, oh no, like we're, we're I are <laughs> basically out of time and I feel like we barely started talking about anything but it was a great conversation it was a little all over the map but those are always the best yeah. ones. I know. I'm Come I, back. Yeah. It was very exciting. <laughs> well, I think it was nice to just have a peek into that world of what you do and plant propagation but that there's so many other things and ways that you connect to plants and that's very exciting. Thank you. I always love to like encourage people like there's so many different ways that you can connect to plants. It's I... not just Right one or the other
2: yeah yeah and we didn't really talk about native plants there's so many plants you're no. coming back I, you're coming back it'll yeah. be fine
0: we'll have another one thank you so much
2: thank you for I'm joining us i yeah. will be back i know
0: well now we have you know you have the connection out here <laughs> this is good anyway um and thanks to everyone for listening Thank thanks you for so joining much joining us on season thanks dylan we're, all, we're, we're done okay <laughs>